Welcome back to Locker Room Dads, hosted by myself, Pat O'Donnell, punter for the Green Bay Packers, and Josh Brinzo, brewery owner. We are both fathers of two amazing daughters. But this week's guest on the podcast is a former Akron Zips who grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. He's a giant amongst men, measuring in at six foot ten inches. He is the tallest locker room dad that we have ever had on the show so far. Please welcome Quan Cheatham to the show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me, man. I'm excited to get to get it going. Yeah, Quan, thanks for being here. This is our first basketball player on the show, Pat. So I'm pretty excited about I this know. one. This is big. This is huge right now. But what's going on in your world, man? I know you got a big week coming up. I know we probably caught you on your off day, right? Wednesday's your recovery yeah. day. Got a yeah, little massage. So what, yeah. do we, what do we do? Yep. So I will for today. Yeah, I had a massage, but unfortunately, I got canceled. So we're gonna have to push that back for tomorrow night. But um, yeah, you know, just training. Um, so I just got back overseas a little over a month ago, and um. I, st- I, li- I usually, I, this is crazy. I usually take like a month off to just, it's been a long nine, 10 month season, but something told me to just take two weeks. So I started back up in June training four times a week. I found um, a trainer uh, up in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, who trains some of the Steeler guys and some of the NFL guys also. And I found a basketball trainer who I went to college with. And we've been at it for four days a week for the last uh, month. And uh, like a couple of weeks ago, um yeah i got a call for this big opportunity coming up this week so i'm excited nice well we love it we're in your corner man but uh for all the dads listening out there what does it mean for you to just get back into it are you shooting in the gym are you working out like what are you doing right now um so like the first week you kind of like come into a slow like you've been like you're but you're like i literally just took a complete stop i stopped my diet stopped working out stopped everything so you know, you you come home, you enjoying the American food and enjoying some foods that you're not supposed yeah. to eat, but <laughs> you just you have to indulge. And then, but yeah, that that first week is always tough, like lifting weights in the morning and then coming on the court and then just slowly shooting and getting the um, cardio back and then just trying to get back into game shape is always the worst. Like I always say, uh, why did I take this time off? But I know that my body needs it because it's always you always feel like you're about to throw up the first couple workouts and you're just like, man, like, was it really worth it? But yeah, it's just slowly, just slowly progressing up back into getting back into playing shape, really. No, that's awesome. I always in the off season, I always struggle, too, because I'm like, how much time do you take off? And then now throwing the kids <laughs> into the mix. It like adds yeah. a whole nother dynamic. I don't know if your wife's cool with you just leaving for like four hours and being like, this is like my time. I'm back by noon. But now I understand why all the dads like got the early workout in. You know what I mean? Like they were at the right. seven no, o'clock yeah. group and I'm like, why are these guys hitting here so early? Yeah, she's, I mean, the thing is with her, like she's a former basketball player. So she kind of understands, but it's also now that we're, we added another child into the mix so she's dealing with two kids on her own like so it, and then we have a two-year-old toddler who's just running rampant and just doing controlling the house basically and I have to be gone four or five hours in the morning it just it sucks but also she understands that like this is my job and to get to where I got to get to like this is the little bit of sacrifice that we deal with so like I said, I'm glad I have her in my corner and just like her being there and understanding and her going down the same path as me also, it really helps a lot. And I said, I really 
like it brings me a, a sense of relief that she understands that yeah I'm gone but she knows that this is what's best for our future so it's perfect no no doubt yeah I want to touch on uh the kids real quick after I ask this question because I have to know your basketball career has been awesome to talk with Josh about before the show like a lot of guys don't get the college experience then you got to go overseas and now you're about to have the opportunity to be in the NBA so what was your process like was it easy for you you got a scholarship right out of high school you know was it one that you kind of had to work for go to different camps and get recruited that way um so I would say so I was I was what, what they would call a late bloomer so I grew six inches between my sophomore and junior year of high school so I was a guard playing six threes like six two six three playing guard and then one summer I had a crazy growth spurt. and I'm just like six eight six nine and I'm just like dang like what do I do but it's good because <laughs> as growing up growing up I always like to shoot threes like I was always like and I used to get like ridiculed like oh you're you're too big to be shooting threes or you need to be in the paint or you're soft or you're this but then now it's just like <laughs> looking back on it like seeing how like the game of basketball has evolved into taller guys like me being able to step out and shoot the three and like NBA yeah. teams and high level overseas teams like actually want that so that's big so it's like no so um I would say um I really had to work for my scholarship offer I think I only had Akron and then a couple more schools in the MAC and um but Akron was very big on me and my parents always told me like if you see that a head coach is coming to your games not the assistant coach but the head coach that means that he really like see something in you and so and another backstory is that I'm young so I went to college when I was 17 so they were kind of worried but he just always wow. said like this is where you're going to grow and be a man and um yeah and I can say that those four years at Akron were the like uh, I had some up and downs for sure but just like the college experience learning everything and then knowing that like college is a business and seeing what like what I went through and with like a lot of like stuff but it, it was good like I would say overall my college experience was amazing then like coming overseas I really didn't know about overseas basketball any like I just thought that like I had a good senior year that I'm gonna be able to go to the NBA but then when I'm on the phone with agents and they're like telling me that yeah like you probably won't be able to go to the NBA so we're gonna have to like send you overseas to this in this country I'm just like discouraged like no like this is not what I want to hear and I just had to come to the reality of it like if this is what I want to do and make good money playing basketball, like this is what I'm going to have to do. So yeah, I would say it was tough, but like I said, as I just got done with my fifth year, it's for sure worth it for sure. Yeah. I think it's really important for people to hear how hard it is, you know, to get the NBA, they see the draft and everything. And I'm <laughs> sure they think everyone, everyone gets drafted. Like it's so difficult. Yeah. You know what I mean? To be on that roster, especially, I mean, if you're not one of the top 10 guys coming out, right? I mean, you know way better than right. me. No, for it's sure. different yeah, for no, football, for sure. so, but like with basketball, I feel like it's so limited. No, for sure. So basically with every year you have the first and second round draft. So the first round, I, be I believe it's guaranteed. But the second round, so basically you have 30 guys and it's probably, I don't know if it's close to a thousand kids in college every year that are coming out and they're fighting for spots. And no, it's tough. But a lot of people, I don't know, a lot of people, and like I said, I think that just being overseas is hard, like, especially with my first year, having to be away from your family across the world. Like, you're not just in college where you can make a quick phone call. Like, you're like, I was a six hour time difference from my family and I'm 20 years old going over yeah. there. And 
it's like it's tough and like not a lot of people can handle it. a lot of people go over there and just like are just like stuck to themselves in their rooms playing video games like not like immersing themselves into the culture which makes if you don't do that then the time just goes by slow and you're just like you're miserable and like it's not worth it but like what I was told like I like it was hard for me like I still remember the funny stories like my first day I just got dropped off. so I did my first year in Belgium and I just got dropped off and they said yeah we'll see you in two days and like they didn't tell me anywhere to eat anywhere to, and I just like I started crying because it's like I'm so uncomfortable <laughs> being around and I just I didn't know what to do like so like but like yeah like I say it's it's like it's tough because it's just more like you really only playing basketball maybe three or four hours a day and then you have the rest of the time to yourself so it's tough and if you're just not used to being alone and like be like I said to be successful you have to be uncomfortable if you're not used to being uncomfortable and you're just not it's it's very tough I would say for sure When you went out uh, to Belgium after college, was that your first time out of the country? Um, so basically, yes. But I know my senior year, like, because in college in basketball, every four years you can take a, a like a like a out of the country trip. But we just went to the Bahamas. I don't know if that counts as being out of the country. But besides that, <laughs> yes, that was my first time. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty pretty eye-opening when you get into a completely different culture like that so i can't imagine you know coming out of college and ready to play ball and being in a new place like that that's gonna be crazy yeah but just think about the no, story yeah. he's gonna tell his kids i know i mean your kids it's are awesome. gonna be tall you're probably the tallest in your class to begin with but like your kids <laughs> yeah. are gonna be like oh dad i want to be like no i had to work for this you know what i mean like you gotta right. work for things yeah. like it wasn't just given to you it's gonna be such an amazing story though we're pulling for you this week man i know big things are about to happen for you um, but let's you, jump into dadhood. Yeah, man. Um, so you have two kids, right? Yes. Two kids. What are their ages and uh, so gender? Boy, girl, a, or two, two girl? year old? So I have two boys. I have a two year old, Kyler, Kyler Cheatham, and I have a. He will be two weeks tomorrow, and he's Carter, and they're both with K's with Quan. We want to keep that going so yeah nice. i like that well congrats on the newborn yeah That's thank awesome. you thank you yes yeah so do you do you remember where you had your first kid i'm assuming you did i'm hoping it's out of the country we never had this happen yet on the show but was it in the states so yeah so um it was in the states but it's it's a crazy story because um, this happened during COVID year when COVID hit. So he was due in April of 2020. And um, so I went in the beginning of the year. So from September to December, I was in Bulgaria playing for those three months. And then I, and then my wife, she flew out there. She was out there with me. And then um, I came home in December for a month and then went to France from January to March. And then like when March, like it hit, like everything started to get canceled and I'm just in March and we're just, I'm, I'm in France and then they're talking about shutting down the international borders and we're just all trying to figure out how to get home. And I'm like, man, I have a child that's going to be due Jeez. next month. Like I need to get home. Like not just, I don't care about the money or anything. Yeah. I decided that like, I, I need to get home just to like, so I could be with my wife with all this craziness going on. So that was the story. And then, yeah, like just 
we like so we went to the same hospital for the first and the second one just seeing like the big difference of like how it was like when covid just hit to now is just like a big difference and yeah that was just like a crazy story that like we had a fresh covid baby during that time so that's a story that we'll always be able to tell him yeah we're amongst the coronials daughter was born in december of 2020 probably not right when the world shut down (laughs) but it's definitely (laughs) interesting having a kid in covid it's a story to tell them for sure um so do you remember your emotions when your first child came out when your son came out was there like an overwhelming rush of emotions like everyone talks about or were you pretty calm cool collected during the process um i would say for me i probably was a little bit of calm like calm cool because i know my wife she was just filled with emotions like and it was just like it was just like she always wanted to have a family i remember her telling me a story like when she was a kid and teacher would ask her like what do you want to be when you grow up? Like she said, just, she wanted to be a mom and she always wanted to have a family, like not even play basketball, but she always wanted to have a family. So I knew like she was going to be the one filled with emotions and um, you need to be able to balance that out. So I think I was the calm cool. Like I was so excited, like having a boy, like I'm going to try to teach him everything I know. I know he's going to be tall. Like I just, it's just like, I'm like, I was very excited, but also I just knew that like, I don't know. I just always think of like the future, like just having a, show him like what like the craziness in the world and like he's going to be like traveling with me everywhere around the world so just but like i said like no i would say i was the calm one and my wife was filled with the emotions for sure this time around i think it's good to always have one calm one going in there because uh it is really stressful no for sure i mean that's probably why they tell the dads to sit down you know what i mean (laughs) they always like are you get queasy like with blood like you want to sit on this and like no 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 i'm good and then they just pass out yeah they're (laughs) (laughs) but uh were there any things that dads out there that are expecting kids here in the coming months or down the road for them that your wife had to have at the hospital because someone going in there for the first time, they probably don't know what to expect. They read all these books and they say, you know, get your bag packed and like all that. But there's like always something that your wife either gravitates to or certain food that she needed to have with her. Did your wife have anything specific that she wanted or needed in the hospital? Um, so I wouldn't say she specifically needed anything like, specifically but i just know that she always needs to have her snacks because sometimes the whole i mean the the uh, hospital food isn't the best so and then i was always the one like having to yeah can you go get me this can you go get me this food like i'm like this is not good to eat like i don't want to eat this like so she was very like that but like you said like being a husband like you you always want to make sure that your wife is comfortable and get her whatever she needs because i know that she's about to go through probably some of the most pain that she's ever been through so you just make sure she's she's comfortable and her emotions are leveled so like the process can be as like smooth as possible. I know like with 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 my wife with the first one we had to have a not an emergency C section, but she just wasn't dilating past five centimeters. So we had to do that. And then like the second time around we just went through just like the scheduled C section. So she she didn't have to worry about any of that. Yeah. And, and it was like I said, like she, like I was just say, as a former athlete, I feel like her recovery time has just been insane. Like we were up and out the hospital in two days this time around, and 
I say like she's a true warrior and like I wish that yeah like she's just she's amazing I can go all on about about her but yeah like she's the best for sure no it's so cool I mean because she's always your cheerleader for the games and whatnot and you were her cheerleader you know what I mean like throughout that process which is amazing yeah I'm kind of curious so Pat and I both have babies on the way so first time around everyone's always nervous you know how were you feeling second time as opposed to the first time was it a little easier oh uh, it's so much easier the the before the during and the after it's just like because kind of with the first one you're so like on pins and needles with with everything like oh like are you okay like is the baby moving like can i like do you feel anything like and then like during like afterwards like does the baby breathing sound okay like is the baby breathing like we're like (laughs) We were so scared to go to sleep in the beginning because we just were like, we got to make sure the baby is breathing. But now it's just like with the second one, I feel like you kind of know like, okay, I made like I've we've kept one baby alive. So it, it's we kind of just know what we're doing and we're just going to because we were so sleep yeah. deprived with the first baby. It was like, oh, it was bad. Like it was really bad. But now I feel like with this one, we kind of have a grip on what this like what Carter is doing. And I feel like it's a big relief and he's doing well like we just got back from his appointment he's already made it back to his birth weight and some so he's feeding very well but like i said like with the right. second one i feel like you kind of it's still kind of different but you kind of know like the basics of stuff so i remember with the first one i was all into the internet looking up everything all into the books like he was just <laughs> asking me everything and i was yes this is what you did that but now it's just like you have some experience and I think experience is what teaches you best. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I didn't realize, though? You just brought it up, is when you go to the appointment, the first one after the baby's born, they say, like, oh, it needs to get back to the birth weight. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Where did the weight go? <laughs> like, like this little baby's not running around losing weight. Like, like no, but that's, like, super important. I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, they got to. They got to make weight. Yeah, you, you got to bulk weigh up, in, give yeah. them those protein drinks. Exactly. For sure. And what is it? It's all the water and fluids they lose, right? I think so. I don't know. I should know. I don't know. Quan, thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't know. Yeah, for all you new dads out there, though, that is definitely one thing to remember is the baby weight at birth. Yes, is going to be fluctuating. Yes, so your baby needs to make weight. (laughs) Um, But the last thing for the hospital visit, because a lot of dads don't realize this, but you probably should understand how to put a car seat in the car when you leave the hospital. I mean, it's one of those things that make sure you have one and then you carry it in, you carry it out. But then when you get to the car, you're like, if you don't know what you're doing, like your (laughs) wife is going to be so pissed off because she just wants to go home and then you're deathly afraid. You're fumbling around. (laughs) Yeah, you're fumbling around. Like if it's cold outside, your fingers don't work anymore to try to get YouTube. Uh, but yeah, what was your experience like? Were you versed in the car seat or was it something where you're like, I'm just going to strap this in as tight as I possibly can and drive under the speed limit like 10 miles an hour? Oh, with the first one, man. So basically, so it, like I said, like my wife was at home, like she, she was here in Pittsburgh and I was in France. So she was like, we were in contact, like trying to figure out what's the best car seat and trying to like, cause she was, so we bought one, but then like she didn't know how to put it together. So we had her brother-in-law who they have two kids also like he helped us with that. And then it's like, I know, I think I remember, I don't know if this is still, they do it now, but you could go to like the fire department and they can put in the 
car seat for yes. you to make sure it's like, for yeah, sure. to, to make sure it's right. So I think she actually went and did that to make sure. And then luckily we had our kids so close together. So we still used the one from the first one with our second one. So I, I got that all down packed, like, like a pro now. So no problems with that. <laughs> Dude, that's so huge. But yeah, nugget of gold there. Go to your fire department and yeah. they'll install it for you. Don't, you don't call know. them. Go yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how are you? Can you put this in? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Some of these car seats are really tough to put in because we, we got a new car seat and I was doing everything I could and it was still loose. And you just had to use like the force of God to tighten that sucker up and it works. Yeah, it's, sometimes you don't even know if it's in properly, even though you look at the instructions. Yeah, like, this is exactly what I did. Yeah. <laughs> but with your with your two boys uh you being the basketball star that you are is it important for you to teach them the game of basketball or are you going to be one of those dads that kind of lets them feel it out see what they want to do um we're going to be on the sideline like cheering for them we're going to be like that screaming dad you know like those ones always at aau basketball (laughs) tournaments that never played basketball that like super crazy like calm down like you don't even know basketball to begin with yeah, so I mean, um, so I would say my two year old, like he like he likes everything. Like of course the first thing I bought him was a hoop while we was just overseas in Spain and he really like loves that and now I'm trying to teach him how to shoot a proper jump shot by bending his knees and everything. But he also like I I bought him a, a T stand so he could play some baseball. <laughs> yes. And like he he loves like his cousins play soccer around here. So like I said, I'm just gonna be the one that openly lets him choose, but I feel like he's going to be seeing me play basketball for hopefully the next 10 to 12 years. And he'll probably more so gravitate towards that. But like I said, whatever is going to make him happy, I don't even care if he even plays any sports, but whatever is going to make him happy, I'll be right there cheering him on. Cause I know that if he's happy, I'm going to be happy and my wife will be happy. So not going to be a pushover like that. No, no doubt. (laughs) How is the teaching process of your son of the poor? Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Bending of the knees for the proper jump shot. Like, it's is actually, he kind of understanding or are you just kind of? It's actually crazy you say that. I believe, like, I teach, I'm teaching him good and he's, like, picking it up really well. Like, I'm, like we're at the point where we have to, like, put his little small tykes hoop on the, on the highest one because he's shooting the ball so high up in the air. So we're still trying to get the accuracy down pat, but he's, like, moving along at a very good pace so i'm i'm like hoping in the next couple of years i could find like a basketball league or something overseas that he can play in and just have fun like that's, that's what it's all about when kids play sports about the youth it's about having fun not so much about x's and o's and winning and all that well with the height gene he'll be dunking in no time no so doubt. you gotta get ready so. he's gonna be so cultured he's gonna be so tall he's gonna be like he's gonna be so versed in different languages he was the most interesting kid in school, I'll tell you that. But um, we'd love to touch on this topic, uh, vacations. I don't know if you've taken any vacations yet with the family or things that are on the bucket list or maybe things that you'll never experience together. Josh is a huge Disney person, and there's a lot of people that would like the last thing they want to do is like be in lines in like the scorching heat in Florida. Or I guess you can go to California, yeah. right? Disneyland. Or Paris. Yeah, or Paris, yeah. Paris, yeah, so – I guess that we are a vacation family. Like we, since we had, we play, since we're overseas, like I said, I play basketball a couple out, like four or five hours a day. And like four or five times we have multiple off days and it's like multiple breaks in the season. So 
last year while so I was based I was in Madrid, Spain last year and we went to um Valencia, which is like a beach city, like amazing. We was yes. there for three or four days, went around there. And then we had another break and we went to Malaga, which is another beach area, which is oh, nice. beautiful. Yeah. So we try to go to two vacations a year, like while we're out there. But then when we come home, it's like it's kinda harder now that we have this kid. But we did talk about when the kids get older, we do want to make a Disney trip, the one to Orlando for sure. Like that's on our bucket list for sure Ew. when the kids get a, a, a little <laughs> bit older so they can understand it and take it all in. But yeah, we're for sure always trying to vacation and just explore different things, especially being in Europe. It's so easy to travel to different places and it's so much cheaper. And yeah. like we take the train everywhere, like everywhere in Europe. So for sure. I'm kind of curious, what is taking a train with your kids like? Cause I've never done that with our daughter and I don't really know what's different than flying with taking a train there. It's like a slower airplane. Yeah. Yeah, I about to say it's basically yeah. More patience. Basically, more patience and I mean, but like I said, with the two year old man, it's so hard. Like I'm just so trying to get him to just calm down, but I have to remember he's two, he's curious, he wants to he just can't sit in one area, like he just roams around the house. We trying to buy baby gates and stuff to get him down, but he's all over the place. But also, even when he was young, like for the flights and the like he was so good on flights, like not that bad. I mean, one time he was sick on the flight on a flight back from my wife when she went by herself. So that was kind of bad. But like I said, I feel like my kids aren't really that bad. I mean, I bet you every single parent probably says that. But like I didn't heard some crazy <laughs> kids on flights crying. And I think everybody has heard that. But, you know, I would say that I don't I don't really think it's that bad. But like I, said, I feel like trains are more they're like they're easier for people with kids. But you don't got to go in there and wait. You just have to go in there checking your bags and then you go wait for the train you don't have to walk all through the airport and do this and do that so and plus in europe the train is so much accessible and cheaper so why not there you yeah. go trains yeah, every, everything's closer <laughs> take trains if you can airplanes eh. i feel like the car is most dads love the car i've talked to a lot of dads and they just if it's a four hour or less trip like they're they're driving they're not flying yeah, oh, no, I mean, for sure. Like we, I drove, mean, like, I have to fly. And go. Well, sorry. Well, well, when I was in Madrid, we drove to Valencia was three hours, and I drove, and we drove, and from to Madrid to Malaga was five and a half hours, and I still drove because I feel like, like if I had to drive, I would drive. If it's ten, twelve hours, I would still drive because the plane Ooh. and train is still yeah. Like I'm a, I love to drive. So my wife, she, it's easier, perfect. So, are you driving the minivan yet? <laughs> no, not yet. So I just we just bought our first car last year, which is just a, a nice little SUV with the two bucket seats. So I have two well, captain seats with the two um, car seats yeah. in them. So mm, we're we're, yes, we're still trying to keep it oh, stylish. Yeah. Like not if we end up having one more, <laughs> then the minivan might have to be the answer. But as for right now, no, we're trying to keep it a little bit of style still. All right. Are the kids watching anything in the car? Are they into shows yet? We'd love to ask this question. Um, you know, Josh is a huge Disney person, like I said, and he probably can rattle off a million 
movies that he wants to watch with his daughter, Billy. That's right. I don't know if there was any movies that you enjoy watching with them or shows that they just kill in the backseat. Uh, on Netflix, I mean, we got what Coco Melon. Yeah, my son. Uh, uh, what are all the other ones? Louie. He, he is Louis, great. Infatuated from probably, probably from year to now. I mean, now it's Blippy, like on YouTube. He is just you. You put that on. He sits in his little chair. Get him his water and a little snack or a bar. And he sits there and can watch that all day. Like, but then back when he was like. <laughs> Last year was Coco Melon, and we, me and my wife would just get so tired of hearing these melodies and this kind of stuff. But it would just yeah. would like he would just sit there and just be fine. And I like, and I feel like I, I don't know why it gets kind of a bad like connotation or like do you know? But it, he learned a lot from watching this kind of stuff and like talking and colors and a, a lot of stuff. And I don't see a problem with it. I mean, we we don't sit and just plop him down and let him watch it all day. But for him to like learn and hear stuff and he can say it back i think it's very beneficial yeah yeah i don't know i think coco melon from an adult standpoint we bring it up all the time it's a little creepy i guess but no, at the same time they're learning stuff so if they're learning they're learning you know right yeah think about right. barney though yeah barney's, like we barney's weird barney too. was really creepy that's a weird show <laughs> dinosaur with a bunch of teletubbies I was, yeah that was Oh. oh yeah, <laughs> you know Teletubbies. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but I I feel like you're gonna have a really good answer for this this last question here before I turn it over to Josh because he always likes to have one last question. I do. What toy or gadget would you recommend for new dads out there? You know, it could be a type of stroller, it could be like a crib, uh, maybe the snoo. You know, it could be a certain you know I don't know rattle bottle i'm gonna leave yeah, this up so, to you yeah open-ended that's a that's a tough one so i would probably so i say with the second one i feel like we were going to get a snoo but we just were like we're only going to be here for two months so i mean like the financial aspect wouldn't be smart but we found like this i think it's a graco baby bassinet like thing and that for nights and naps it works perfect. Like we were like, whoa, because with our first one, okay. we didn't know what to do. Like we just were like, so it's great. Like our first, he's two, and he still sleeps in the bed with us. Like that's a, I don't know how people would take that, but he's still in bed. Like so, but this with the second one with this bassinet, it's amazing. Like I would say, find you one that can rock back and forth and play like the white noise. Oh, it's it's killer, dude. Like. As yeah. I said, the sleep is way better than the first one. Yeah, I would definitely recommend a sound machine. Yeah. Whatever you yeah. do, sound machine next to the bed. Like 100%. Yeah. My That's, daughter still yeah. s sleeps with <laughs> this music light yes. that we got. And I'm like deathly afraid to take it away from her. <laughs> because I'm like, is she in like a hypnotic trance? Like if I pull this out right now. She's going to panic yeah just like wake up like disrupt the <laughs> REM sleep but uh no that is awesome we're gonna have to look that up we haven't heard that one yet um but I'm gonna leave this yeah go ahead Josh oh, I got one go ahead all right so I've been kind of thinking about this one before you even got on but I'm kind of curious the difference in parenting overseas as opposed to America whether it's 
going out to eat, what they're like if you've got a baby with you or going to the park and everyone speaks a different language or whatever it is. You know, what what was it like parenting overseas as opposed to being in the U.S.? Um, So I would say the best experience I had was last year in Spain. We were like the COVID restrictions were down. So we were able to go to the playgrounds and go out to eat. And um, sorry about this. His agent. <laughs> Dude, he's sorry getting the call. That. Yeah, he's sorry about the that. Call. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no. Um, but Dude, no, yeah. yeah, being in Spain and like, um, so my kid, he really loved to go to the playgrounds, and it was a lot of different kids there, and their moms would be there, and like his, it's funny, like he just randomly started to say "Hola" like to anybody that he would like. <laughs> come up to just say hola like and it just was like the funniest thing how just like him hearing that from other kids and their parents and but no it was good because like where we was at a lot of the parents would speak english and like they would be like just asking us questions like oh man like how's he been around here like have you found any other kids so he would find kids that he can play with every like a couple days a week so that was good and then like going to the restaurants man i don't know i'm the parent that like I hate my child like screaming in the restaurant being I feel like I just but it's like I guess that's what kids do so but like yeah like I said that with the restaurants I feel like is it's about the same as like as as it would be in America but I would say just like him going to the playgrounds and him hearing other kids speaking a different language like it was just like I said it's just amazing how like a lot of people don't really get to go to Europe and see that side of the world but it's really a lot simpler than what it is over here. Like I said, like I'm an advocate that I would love to live over there when I'm done playing basketball, just because I love the lifestyle of how it is. So, so yeah, if that answers the question. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I totally get the whole lifestyle thing over there. Cause I, I always say if I didn't live in the U S I'd probably be in London or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but just being over in Europe is a completely different place. It's really cool. Yeah, I think that's really cool that you get to have that experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not a lot of guys get to have that out of the country experience, especially with the family. You know what I mean? But, um, dude, we really appreciate your time. I know you got a huge week, busy week. We wish you nothing but the best. Best of luck, man. Yeah, we're rooting for you you over here on Locker Room Dads. But, um, yeah, thank you all for listening. Locker Room Dads, we drop every Wednesday. So we will talk to you guys next week. Quan, appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Thank you guys for having me on, man. Appreciate it. No doubt. Later, guys. Locker Room Dads is powered by Mantra Labs. After my buddy Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP, recommended this amazing new nutrition line to me, As a professional athlete, I had to listen to hear what he had to say. So let me tell you, Mantra Labs is an absolute game changer. For all you dads out there looking to have more energy, better hydration, and better sleep, look no further. Mantra Labs is the stop for you. So we've actually partnered with them and they provide 25% off everything on their site. So go visit them at gomantralabs.com. Enter Locker Room Dads with no space for 25% checkout.